Welcome to Add to Cart, the show where we talk about creativity in commerce. Today, I am thrilled to have the incomparable Maxwell <laughs> Bonnie, the co-founder of Saltbox. Saltbox is completely changing the way that small e-commerce stores do their fulfillment, from co-warehousing to shipping and receiving to even dealing with those pesky returns. Maxwell and his team is making the process beautiful, fun, and frankly, super futuristic. So, Maxwell, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me, appreciate it. So help people understand, if I have an e-commerce store, what am I using Saltbox to solve today? And where are all the places along the journey from order on a store to yeah. box on my doorstep that Saltbox touches? Happy to. So it's, it all starts with, if you are an e-commerce merchant and you're in your home or you're in a storage unit and you're like, I'm, I have this, this idea is working, but I need to get out of my situation to grow. That, at that inflection point, before Saltbox, you didn't really have an easy place to actually go do that. And so that was, that's where Saltbox begins. It gives you a home and a place to act that's designed for you to run your business. So you get a dedicated warehouse space, anywhere from 100 square feet to 2,000 square feet, depending on the size and velocity of your business. And then you get like, support from our team to receive your inventory when you want to send shipments out. You don't have to chase different carriers around from your house. You don't have to sign your own individual contracts. We bring the carriers to the merchants. When returns happen, they'll come to your warehouse space, we'll receive them for you, lock them in your suite. So just the basics of building an e-commerce business, we take care of very easily. Why is it that your team decided to invest in having a beautiful experience with beautiful spaces, with warehouses that were modular, that had design elements that made a warehouse feel like a magical place? Walk me through the decision-making that really propelled you and your team to invest in that experience. Got it. It starts with the core tenant of our product. We think about the warehouse as a product and the rest of our technology as products. Mm -hmm. And the core tenant is human-centric, right? So everything we do thinks about the human, not the box, not the carrier, not the delivery driver, but the human who runs the business. And so the workspace needs to be built for a human, it needs to be bright, it needs to be welcoming, it needs to be exciting. You need to walk into it and say, like, this is built for me. I want to spend time here. It's funny, like, I'm, I'm not a designer at all. We have, we have an amazing designer. She uh, came from Nike, actually, and did a lot of their corporate branding and corporate, like, workspace. And what she taught me was you have to be very intentional with what you want people to experience and then pick design elements and pick sort of the colors and the lighting to, to like, sort of replicate that intention. And so we have this balance of comfort and function this balance of human, but logistics. And like we try to find that right balance in like everything that we do, front of the house and back of the house, so that if you still remember you're in a warehouse, but you don't, you're not, not in the way that you're scared of it or it feels bleak, it just feels exciting, it feels energizing. Tell me a little bit about your merchants. Where are they selling, yeah. what are they selling, and who are they selling to? Great, uh, so 80% of our merchants are direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies. They're selling on Etsy, they're selling on Shopify, they're selling on Facebook and Instagram. They're selling wherever they can identify, they can tell a story about their brand and then identify, have people self-identify and say, that's what I want. And so what they're doing is they're selling beauty products, they're selling personal care products, they're selling really cool fashion, like, you know, they're taking spins on boring fashion items like t-shirts and sunglasses and hats and saying, okay, I'm gonna design in a way that people who wanna identify this way, they will buy it too, whether I'm a single, you know, I'm a work at home mom or stay at home mom, and like I need a product that says like that, that speaks to me. Or I'm a 50 year old black woman and I really want comfortable sheets. We have a company called Bamboo, and that's her target market 
is like, you know, 40 to 50 year old black women who really want comfortable sheets. She can sell to them and that's a massive market. That's the beauty of what we enabled. They can focus on like the right product and their customer and then let us take care of all the boring stuff behind the scenes because we love doing logistics for them. These are customers who deeply care about experiences too. So what are some of the things that they experience in a salt box that are cr your creative touches on a warehouse that allows them to have an amazing time when they're there? Exactly. So one of the things is, if you think about when a product comes in, uh, in from a container and through on a really big 53-foot truck, comes on a pallet and it's really big and cumbersome, we have a team that you know, you know their name, they wear really cool salt box gear, they're smiling, they're happy to be there. Your merch is legit for well, what you. it is worth. Thank you very Even much. Even this merch is legit. Thank You're you. giving me a little bit of an inspiration. Oh, well, I, I can license this to you if you'd like. Okay, perfect. That's <laughs> new revenue streams. Yeah. <laughs> but you have people you want to work with and they will take this big ugly pallet and bring it to your warehouse suite and unbox it for you. And so it's like this concierge service for something that is very cumbersome and, and annoying, which is like getting a product off of a truck. That's just taking care of for you. They just, they know who you are, they know your product, they'll take it off the truck and deliver it right to your suite and even put it on the shelf for you if you like. Right, that's a great experience. That takes this thing that is often cold and dark and scary and makes it warm and approachable and makes something that you were drawn to as an entrepreneur. You have built seven spaces across the country. Tell the people where you're located today. Right. So we are, our first location was in Atlanta in our home, in our home, the th our three co-founders decided let's do it in our backyard to test it out. We went from, we have now two in Atlanta, one in Dallas, two in Seattle, one in LA, one in Denver, uh, and then another coming online in LA in about two months. These are not the geographies that maybe some folks would expect, you know, Atlanta. Uh, LA is expected, but maybe not Seattle. Yeah. And so what were some of the thought processes that happened that kind of made you take bets on some markets that aren't always the ones that folks choose? Yeah, I think that's, it, it goes back to that theme about who are e-commerce entrepreneurs. They are anybody. They are anybody with a really good idea. They're anybody who has access to a computer and wants to start a Shopify site or an Etsy site. And so any population center has entrepreneurs that need to be served. And so we said, they are in every city. Let's go to the cities that people aren't right away to like show the brand promise, to bring these solutions to all the entrepreneurs. And then by doing that, we can then learn more about them and then take them to the places where people know, the New Yorks and the Chicago's and the Miami's, which are coming next. What is a guiding principle for you in terms of how you live your life, You know why you've decided to be a founder and a, and a person leader, because that is a choice. And you didn't have to make that choice, but you yeah. made that choice. So what are some of your guiding principles? I think the number one, and my mom almost literally beat this into me as a little kid, uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Those who have the most are required to do something with it. And that's since I was four or five years old, and since I knew something about myself and my station in life. You know, we didn't grow up very much, but I you know, was given a lot. My mom was like, go do something with it. This is why people call you the de facto mayor of Atlanta. You are not actually the mayor of Atlanta. No, I'm not. But it is an aspiration of yours. Yes. Why do you think that running for public office is something that might come after this whole founder journey? Yeah. I think it goes back to, I mean, a history major at the University of Virginia. And it goes back to, I love the initial uh, sort of leaders of the American experiment were the best and brightest of us, right? That's what it takes to like build something and solve hard problems. And I like, I'm, I'm upset over the past however many years that that's no longer true. That the best and brightest, you know, do what we're doing now, like build venture-backed companies and make a lot of money. And then maybe they write large checks, but they don't get in there and solve hard problems. 
And I think that's, that's what I'm on this earth to do, is like get in there and solve hard problems. And so that's why I want to run for public office. Right? It's like, it is my like, life mandate. So as you look at the future and you look at what's going to happen, what are some of your predictions for e-commerce? What do you think is next? Oof. I would say one of the things that definitely comes next is meeting greedy consumer demands. We are, as consumers, have been so attuned to just pressing a button, getting whatever we want. Smaller brands have to be able to compete there sure. or Amazon will kill them. Right? And so one of the things that I think we both are doing are building infrastructure digitally and physically that allow brands to sort of produce and meet consumer demands. Um, and so whether it's I need something in two hours or like this return, that this return, like I just want to press a label and send this return back to you, whatever it is, um, brands have to not be able to meet these greedy consumers because I'm one of those greedy consumers. And so like enabling that to happen for not just the Walmarts, but you know, for the person who just launched something on Etsy is like one of the biggest things for me. Two is storytelling, right? It's, we are just inundated with imagery. We're inundated with, you know, doom scrolling. And so if you don't tell a really good story, you can't sell your product. You can't connect with who you're actually trying to sell to. And so being able to tell awesome stories in an authentic way, in a sort of like scroll stopping way is deeply important for brands. And so investing in how do we enable brands to do that better? Something I'm very, like I, if it doesn't happen, the brand won't sell. So being able to get over that hump is extremely important to me. And I think it's, it's gonna be even more and more important as more and more brands are able to go out there and sell. And that's why I'm so excited that Suna is officially deployed for the first time so ever excited. inside of a salt box. It took forever. It took way too long. <laughs> but we, as of today, are now deployed in Saltbox Seattle with many more to come. Why do you think having access to creativity is such a game changer for brands? Two things. Literal, the literal access solves a big problem, right? If you have a product, you're like, okay, where do I go? Where do I go to actually take a picture of it? Where do I go to like take an image, like take a video of this thing? And oftentimes just knowing where to go is a big problem for brands. Bringing that access to them directly solves a big problem. They can just now walk a hundred feet. They don't have to scroll online, have to make an appointment in some random place they don't know if it's gonna be good. You bring a trusted like solution to them that solves a major problem for them. Two for them is it allows them to like learn Right? I think a big thing about brands is you have to learn what good looks like. You have an idea, but you don't know how to really grow that product. You don't really know how to tell that story. And so one of the things I'm very excited about, and already in Seattle, people who take a lot of images are telling us, I can learn so much by like, having Suna here. I can like, get better at this thing. That makes me a better entrepreneur. And then to me, that's like great. And then you will obviously be at Saltbox longer because your company is likely to be more successful. But you will have this affinity for our brands because you learn something and you feel a sense of, even though I paid them a lot of money, I got so much more back from them. Maxwell, can you look in that camera over there and tell the great people where they can learn more about Saltbox? Nice, you can go to saltbox.com, www.saltbox.com and backslash your city and see when Saltbox is either in your city or will come to your city very soon. And where is the next Saltbox gonna be? Ooh, drum roll please. The next Saltbox will be in Columbus, Ohio. Very exciting. What actually that does is it allows it creates a node for us to allow any e-commerce entrepreneur who's already a Saltbox member to have two-day shipping to 65% of the United States. So that's why I do uh, Columbus. Soon after that, we'll be Northern Virginia and then Miami. We cannot wait for all of these amazing Saltboxes to be in your cities. If you like this video, please say that you liked it and subscribe to this channel. And we have a great big thank you for Maxwell Bonnie for being here with us today. Thanks, Maxwell. Thank you for having me.